there's a lot of things in this old world that just do not make sense like why there's so few believers on the firing line while so many others sit the fence but if you want to know where the word of God stands Believe it wants to use your feet and hands It's time to take your faith out of the seats And into the streets And come along with me If you'll only look, then you will see On WCN-TV muted my phone just at the nick of time. <laughs> Welcome to WCN-TV. It's uh, Tuesday, February 21st, 2023. You know, a lot of the, the photos in our introduction there um, were taken at events, uh, ministry events on the street with our guest today, Rusty Thomas. And Rusty actually appears now in, in our opener. So, um, just wanted to make you aware of that. So, but before we get started, I want to make sure everybody knows about our upcoming conference. Uh, it is um, sponsored by Wisconsin Christian News. Uh, you can pull up that poster and and make it full screen if you want. April fourteenth and fifteenth in Wausau, Wisconsin. The theme is the Great Pushback Against the Great Reset, and we have some great speakers lined up for you. We're starting Friday night, April 14th at 6, with Sharam Hadian from the Truth and Love Project. Saturday the 15th, we start at 9, and our speakers include Alex Newman from the New American, Coach Day from Pass the Salt, uh, John Dislin, author of the Christian Warriors book, Nehemiah Strong, and Dr. Mike Spaulding, who we all know from uh, as being the co-host here at WCN-TV, among many other things. Cost for this event is $69. This is the first time we've ever sold tickets for an event. Um, we've relied on donations in the past, but um, we need to pay the bills. So we need to charge 69 bucks. I've got it down as low as I possibly can. And we're using Coach Dave's website because ours is not set up for it. But if you go to CoachDaveLive.com slash events, Scroll down to April 14th and 15th. There you go. Click on that, and then you can order your tickets and save your seats. Seating is limited, so I'd advise you to get your tickets as soon as you can. Plus, imagine the weight it takes off my shoulders knowing we've finally sold enough tickets that we can actually hold this event. <laughs> so do me a favor and, and sign up. We're going to be covering a lot of topics, uh, exp uh, ranging from exposing the great reset, the great narrative, and the great deception, to activating a revival of godly men and women, and also building alternative systems for education, health, freedom, food supplies, and more. Again, you go to CoachDaveLive.com slash events, uh, go down to April 14th, and you'll see our event there, and that's where you can get your tickets. But today, Rusty Thomas is with us from Elijah Ministries. Rusty is the former director of Operation Save America, and he served in that ministry since 1994. Rusty's ministry and battles have been covered by major media outlets over the years, and a lot of you already know him very well. He was with us here last August. Hard to believe it's been that long, but that's when it apparently was, last August. Um... He's been in full-time ministry for over 40 years. He's a public speaker, an outspoken leader for the kingdom of God, and the author of multiple books, including one we're going to be talking about today, 
biblical biblical strategies to abolish abortion. And if we can pull up the new website, he's also just launched abolitionstrategies.com, which is an online training course offering world-class training from those on the front lines of this battle. You can find Rusty online at abolitionstrategies.com, as well as elijahmin.com. You can pull that up there. There you go. There's Elijah Ministries. And um, and at rustythomas.com and Kingdom Institute. What was the other one, Rusty? It's uh, King, Kingdom King, Leadership, Leadership Institute. Institute. I should know that because I, I read the book two or three times. <laughs> so. <laughs> So anyway, you know, on June 24th, the Supreme Court finally overturned Roe. A lot of sideline Christians thought that was the end of abortion in America, but that is far from the case. Now we have 50 separate states all responding differently to the subject of abortion. I have a chart I'd like to show you here, which uh, if we can zoom in on that and show that full frame, it kind of explains in more detail the current situation among the states. So the states represented in white are the places you can still have your baby murdered with no limitations or exceptions. That's Alaska, Oregon, Colorado, New Mexico, Vermont, New Jersey, and D.C. The purple states are those where abortion is banned at conception or close to conception. And the red states are those that restrict abortion based on the age of the preborn baby. Uh, I think you'll find that in all those red states where it appears abortion is restricted, the restrictions are very lax. For example, in Illinois, abortion is legal and can only be restricted after the point of viability. Medical science, which I put in quotes, sets that at 24 to 26 weeks. So in other words, a six-month-old premature baby can still be legally killed in the womb. And the Illinois law states that only a medical professional can determine whether the baby is viable or not. So essentially, these so-called laws prohibiting abortion in Illinois are really useless. And in Michigan, also shown in red as a restricted state on our chart, the same is true. But in this case, voters have enshrined abortion rights into their state constitution. So, Rusty... Welcome back to WCN-TV. It's hard to believe it's been since August that you were here, but um, that's that's what I found. It looks like you were here last in August. What you been up to? Well, prayerfully about the Father's business, buddy. <laughs> it's good to serve the Lord. It's good to be back with you, buddy. And, uh, and thank you for this opportunity, brother, to share uh, some of the resources and the strategies that the uh, the body of Christ needs in these dark, tumultuous days, brother, uh, to uh, advance God's kingdom and be faithful to the Great Commission. Well, you've you've really built up um, uh, uh, quite the body of work uh, for the kingdom. And uh, uh, Rusty, I got to tell you, you're just you're, you're one of my heroes. So, wow, I, I appreciate it. Everything you do. Um, why don't we start off this way? I would hope that most of our viewers know the difference between pro-life, the pro-life movement, and the abolition movement, but you better explain it to us um, for those who are new to this. Yeah, this is, it's really important, brother. I mean, you listen to the term pro-life, and it's, there's nothing necessarily evil or wrong you know, with the term, uh, but the practice of pro-lifeism, obviously after 50 years of dealing with this Holocaust has been an abject failure. And, uh, and again, I am not questioning people's motives, Brother Rob. I, I suspect that a lot of people have a good motive in wanting to defend the children from this Holocaust. But I would question our strategies in in doing so. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the church, and I'm talking about the true church, the born again, 
spirit-filled Christian, you know, Bible-believing. We have been taken for a ride, so to speak, by the professional pro-life lobby groups. Um, And again, this is where foundations, Brother Rob, are so critically important. We we see that in the scripture, you know, uh, Jesus talked about, you know, the wise man that builds, you know, his life upon the rock. And of course, the foolish man who builds his house upon sinking sand and much of the pro-life movement, the foundation on how they fight this battle is not based upon the foundation of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the Bible tells us that's the only sure and firm foundation to build anything on life. And not just when it comes to abortion, every area of life. That is the only solid foundation to build on anything pertaining to life. And then, of course, the Apostle Paul told us we have to be careful how we build upon that foundation. And this is where the church has been led astray, brother. We have not been careful how we built upon that solid rock. And so basically it's been Catholic dogma. It's been secular pragmatism. It's literally, we have gotten our marching orders uh, from the pro-life professionals that basically exchange God's truth for political strategies and a lot of the minds that came up with these strategies they don't know god nor do they obey the gospel of jesus christ and so here you have the church who is supposed to get their marching orders from the lord our god our king and from the truth of scripture to fight this battle god's way according to his will word and way And we've exchanged that for following professional pro-lifers who have all these grand political schemes that simply end up regulating baby murder instead of actually ending it in Jesus' name. And so what we've been about, brother, the reason why I wrote this book, the reason why I created this website and the study course program is to sever this sort of unholy alliance uh, between the sort of uh, pro-life movement and our magistrates. Um, And what I mean by that, brother, for the last 50 years, what we've had is a sort of this situation where the pro-life movement raises a lot of money to so-called, you know, fight the pro-life battle. And then they wine and dine, you know, Republican pro-lifers. And so the pro-life movement works to elect pro-life Republicans. All right. And they meet together. They have banquets and they'll celebrate, you know, pro-life incremental victories. And they'll slap each other on the back, take a picture together and supposedly you know, have the celebration on some victories. Well, here's the deal, Brother Rob. At the end of the day, the pro-life movement gets the money. The pro-life politician gets the vote. And yet these children are still being led to slaughter under our watch. And honestly, that unholy alliance needs to be busted up. It really, really does. Because it gives us the appearance that we're actually doing something But at the end of the day, these children are still being torn apart in their womb. And uh, and like I said, everybody gets what they want. Except the true victim of abortion, which is that preborn child. And so the reason why I wrote this book, brother, the reason why I'm providing the strategy is to help the church gets back to the solid foundation of the Lord God King. And the truth of his word, because it's a it's a fool's errand, brother. If we're going to keep silent, the name of Jesus, like the pro-life movement, they have no problem quoting Gandhi or some philosopher or some scientist. But they want to speak in hushed tones concerning the name of Jesus Christ. And we, we go about sort of 
diluting his truth, which is the only liberating force he's given to man, the truth. That's the only thing that can set us free. We kind of dilute that in the public argument. And then we ignore his commandments. And then we expect by doing that, by silencing his name, diluting his truth, ignoring his commandments, we're still praying, God bless our efforts. Well, God ain't lost his mind. Okay, and one of the huge problems, brother, we're literally fighting this battle in Saul's armor. Remember David, you know, that armor simply was not fit for this battle against Goliath. And so what this book is encouraging Christians to do is come back to the Lord. You know, let's repent together and let's find the more excellent way that we can honor the Lord um, and unsheathe the sword of the spirit, which is the truth of God's word, slay this giant called abortion, and then set the preborn free in each state of this union until America is liberated from blood guiltiness, brother. That's the goal. Well, yeah, I, I am familiar with the pro-life organizations and pro-family. and uh, You may not want to say it, but I'll say it. They're in it for the money. Um, they're fighting each other for the money, and they're funneling the money to the politicians who are, you know, um, like you said, everybody everybody wins except the victim. So, and and a lot of these pro-life and pro-family organizations will would have nothing to do with groups like Operation Save America or Missionaries to the Preborn or any of those. Um, well, in one of the I, I've, I've, I've talked to them behind the scenes. I know what they say about organizations like that and it's it's to me it's reprehensible yeah well again brother because you know how we see a problem determines how we go about resolving a problem brother you know it's like going to a doctor if he doesn't correctly diagnose what's wrong with us it doesn't make a difference what cure he prescribes it's not going to heal the patient and so in the pro-life movement, brother, there's some huge fallacies and and blind spots that the enemy has exploited. Uh, number one, it's very hard for the pro-life movement to confess with their mouth abortion is murder. I don't know if you saw the documentaries, Babies Are Murdered Here or Babies Are Still Murdered Here, but a lot of the abolitionists interviewed a lot of pro-lifers at the March for Life. And I'm telling you, brother, that word got stuck in their throat. It was very difficult for them to come into agreement with Almighty God and assess this situation. See, a lot of the pro-life language and tactics, brother, is, is, is the same thing as the pro-choicers. It's just different degrees. In, in other words, uh, both groups view it as a healthcare issue. And so for the pro-choicers, they're saying to women, this is a healthcare issue. You can't bear the burden of having this child. And so we want to alleviate that responsibility so you can be free to go on with your life. And so abortion is a liberation for you. Well, the pro-life movement goes to the same woman and says, no, 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 no. You know, abortion is bad for you. It's going to hurt you, you know, so choose life, right? And so both groups, brother, are appealing to the woman to either choose life or choose death, okay? And both the child in the womb is of secondary concern. Well, of course, in God's view, the only true victim is that baby being torn apart. And so the pro-life movement, brother, has come up with the same kind of language, the same kind of tactics as the pro the pro-aborts, but just in various degrees. And so it's hard for them to confess abortion is murder. And they've come up with a second victim narrative. In other words, 
only in the abortion debate where the person most culpable to the crime, which in most cases is are the women, the mothers, who are literally hiring assassins to murder their babies. But the pro-life movement considers that person a victim of abortion. So, so think about that, brother, from the perspective of any other crime, like a rapist, right? Um, we're going to view the rapist as another victim of rape because, you know, his childhood, he had a bad upbringing, you know what I mean? And so the, the rapist is a victim. We're not going to hold him accountable for a crime because he's a victim. And then what we're gonna do is we're gonna come up with incremental strategies to curb his raping. And so we're gonna come up with bills like 20 year old bill. So rapist, listen, you know, 20 years and younger, that's a no, 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 no. Don't, don't rape somebody under 20 you know, or, or excuse me, uh, over 20, uh, but under 20, you're good to go. Uh, so if you took it, the strategies and, and the mentality and the narrative of the pro-life movement, where they're not confessing as God would, see, God views abortion as a crime, as a violation of his law, thou shalt not murder, right? And, and of course, if it's a crime called murder, it must be penalized by law. That's God's prescription if justice is going to be established. Well, the pro-life movement is not in agreement with that, brother. Abortion is not necessarily murder. And the, the woman is a victim. And I've heard in extreme cases, brother, where the abortionist, him or herself, is convicted. Uh, part of the the victim narrative in extreme cases i i've actually seen that brother and so this is where brother we are not in agreement with almighty god when it comes to this situation and what god is looking for rob is a people who will stand four square on the truth of his word and not deviate like one of my chapters is on incrementalism. That's one of the chapters I cover in the book. And I, I use, um, I use the, the, the narrative between Moses and Pharaoh. And in that chapter, brother, I show an incrementalism that God will not bless, he will not approve of if it violates his commandment. In other words, he said to Israel, you're coming out of the land. You're going to go three days and you're going to worship me on that mountain. So you tell Pharaoh, here's my commandment. Let my people go. Now, we know through that scenario, brother, and as God hammered Egypt with the plagues, that Pharaoh kept coming to the table offering Moses deals. In other words, you know, Pharaoh was reaching across the aisle. He was, he, he was working with Moses. Come on, Moses, you got to, you got to, you know, you got to sit at the table. I'm working with you. You know, come on. I'm reaching across the aisle here. But here's the thing, Rob. If Moses takes the deal, there is no exodus. That will just be a bleep on the screen. And because he stood squarely upon God's word, God's commandment, he didn't deviate. God wrought a great victory. The other part of the chapter is I show where God himself incrementally brings the victory. So like when the children of Israel are going into the land, God says, I'm not going to give it to you all at once. You're not ready for it. But I'm going to bring you in little 
by little because people didn't know warfare. They were dealing with beasts and God understood that. But here's the thing, Rob, the children of Israel, they did not come up with the plan incrementally to go into the land. What God was looking for them to do is to stand four square on his truth, on his commandment, obey him, and then he would incrementally bring about the victory. They weren't planning incrementalism, but that's how God brings forth the victory. And so like what we're talking about here today, right now, the Supreme Court cowardly kicked this issue back to the states. And what we're seeing right now, Rob, is like slavery all over again. We're going to have free states that are going to welcome children into life, right, and protect them by law. And we're going to have slave states that are going to lead them to the slaughter and double down on this bloody, idolatrous uh, tyranny. And, um, and so, but what we're looking for in that scenario is the first state to actually cross the line of obedience, come into agreement with Almighty God, put abortion back in the homicide code where it belongs in the state statute. And when that happens, heaven receives what it needs. God's justice is established. And then God himself will cleanse the land, brother, of the evil and the pollution and the defilement that child sacrifice and the shedding of innocent blood has brought upon us. It's looking at my notes here. Uh, give me a second. Um, Okay, so according to what I was researching this morning, there are uh, a number of states where abortion is currently banned at conception. Is that correct, or did I get that wrong? If there I got it are, wrong, I, I yeah, got there it. are some states, brother, where um, like the death camps, the surgical death camps are shut down, mm-hmm. and that's no light thing. And I. I do praise the Lord for that, brother. But abortion is still legal in those states. These women can access chemical abortions, the morning after pill. They can get things off the black market. You know what I'm saying? And and let and I do need to address this, brother, just from a sort of legal perspective. Because, you know, why do dogs bark? Well, because they're dogs, right? And why do sinners sin? Because they're sinners, right? And a lock only keeps an honest man honest. If you're a thief, brother, you're going to break the lock and you're going to steal, right? So here's the challenge, brother, because I get this a lot because, you know, a lot of the people complain, well, yeah, this one state, this state bans abortion and then they can just cross the line, go to another state and do the evil deed and come back and there's no you know they can do it with impunity there's no penalty for doing something like that and that is yeah, a you've, got, issue. you've got their employers paying for it now it's yes a lot of cases but this is what i want to encourage christians in their state what we're looking for brother is the legislative branch to implement laws that carries god's standard of justice that is so critically important brother that the the magistrates in the legislative you know governmental authority has the right standard of justice when it comes to abortion like i said it has to be put back in the homicide code it has to be treated as an act of murder okay because that's exactly how god sees this okay it's important they come into agreement but then we got to understand once that standard, which is a good one and right and just and true and holy, once it's established, of course, now you've got the justice system, right? You've got lawyers and courts and DAs and things of this nature. And then you deal with different kinds of degrees of murder, first degree, second degree, third degree. Was the woman coerced? You know what I mean? Was she forced to do such a thing? Well, there's laws on the books. 
you know, as you go through the process, case by case, that uh, if she's been coerced, then of course she's not guilty of a crime. And so what I'm saying to you is that the legislative branch has to come into agreement with God. It's worked out into the justice system case by case. But a lot of people, what they're doing, brother, when we call for the abolition of abortion and criminalize it by law, they're saying, oh, you're just calling for the death penalty for the women. Brother, we don't even put serial killers to death in this nation. Are you kidding me? You know, that's insane. All right. But the point being is, though the standard has to be there. Let me give you a case from history, brother, what I'm talking about and how it's so needed today. In the days of slavery, of course, we had the bloody Civil War. 630,000 men perished in that war. You know, America, we violated the right of liberty to our black brothers and sisters. It cost us dearly. And, and for 75 years, God had warned this nation to let these people go. And again, we hardened our heart. We stiffened our neck. It, it cost us a bloody civil war. Well, people can recall one day, Abraham Lincoln wrote a document called the Emancipation Proclamation. Now, here's the thing, brother. Not one slave was set free when he wrote that document. Not one. But here's the other thing. Heaven got what heaven demanded. And once that was reached, a couple of months after he signed that document, probably the greatest general America ever produced, Stonewall Jackson, he was kicking the pants off the North. He was wrecking havoc amongst the Northern soldiers. A couple of months after he's Abraham Lincoln signed that document, he's coming back into his own camp and his own men shot him. He was mortally wounded. And from that point on, brother, the entire war shifted because God had a contention against this nation over slavery. So the North had all the resources, the manpower, the money, but all the great generals fought for the South. And that was how this civil war became the judgment of God for the sin of slavery. Well, brother, we have now, as Americans, we have denied the right to life to our sons and daughters. And over 65 million babies, brother, have been led to the slaughter and their innocent blood has been shed okay and here's the deal if we don't give heaven what heaven demands god only knows knows what the wrath that he has stored up upon our nation brother and we're seeing the bitter fruit the manifestation of the judgment of god upon the land that's why everything's all crazy and wacky good has become evil evil has become good evil has been codified into law where our government has become more tyrannical, our culture has become more uh, anarchist. And, and obviously, brother, these are great threats to our freedom and our liberty and our future and our hope for our children and grandchildren. And that's why this is so important. You know, brother Rod, we, we, we have got to make this right. We have just absolutely got to make this right. And, and, and that's the reason why I wrote this book, brother. That's the reason why I, you know, I want to provide this training course program for pastors and elders and Christians and magistrates. Because here's the thing, Brother Rob, the two offices that are most needed today to end this Holocaust is pastors in church government and magistrates in civil government. And I address both in this book. Good. And the, and the book is Biblical Strategies to Abolish Abortion. We're talking about uh, abortion abolition as opposed to uh, pro-life incrementalism uh, with Rusty Thomas. Anyone in our audience have any questions uh, for Rusty or comments you'd like to make, observations? Now's your chance. I do, Rob. You know, Hi, Harry. Hello, Rob. 
the with the, the world and the condition that's in, is there any country that has made any progress in the abortion issues? I mean, yo, okay, yo, the United States horrid. We're not alone. Is there any country that's that has succeeded? Well, I, I can say this, uh, Brother Harry, that um, uh, we were going to bring this topic up, but I've been doing some missionary work in Northern Ireland. They had been the target of the powers of darkness when it came to child sacrifice, the shedding of innocent blood and creating our sin like Sodom. There is still a strong um, sense of Christendom in Northern Ireland, and they became the target of the powers of darkness. And for decades, Northern Ireland stood strong, showing the world that when there's a Christian consensus in a nation, they will not tolerate child sacrifice. They will not tolerate the shedding of innocent blood. They will not tolerate sodomy. Unfortunately, in March of 2020, um, they caved. And it wasn't because the church caved. It was because the powers of darkness found a way to manipulate the government in England to basically uh, disenfranchise uh, the local government in Northern Ireland. And they, they're, they're struggling in a great battle right now to regain their representation and their voice to determine, you know, what they're going to allow, and what they're not going to allow in their nation. And so I'm just saying, generally speaking, you show me a nation that honors Christ and obeys his commandment, and I will show you a nation that will not lead their children to the slaughter. You know, what's happening is that our, a lot of the nations were abandoning our Christian roots and we're abandoning God. And so what what's the direction we're going in? Well, we resort back to the brutal darkness of paganism. What have pagan nations done throughout the ages? Well, they they murder their babies. They sodomize their sons and daughters. They parade their sin like Sodom. Uh, so does it come to a shock to us that we gave God an eviction notice in the 1960s? Get out of our government, get out of our schools, stay away from our kids. And we wake up to the bitter fruit we're seeing in our land. Uh, this is not a coincidence. This is not an accident. Uh, this is the consequence of what happens when nations go whoring after other gods and uh, commit pagan practices. This what do I need to do? So stop. So get out. Stop. Okay. Well, yeah. What what Rusty was saying there was uh, something that um, a pastor had told me oh thirty thirty some years ago. He said, uh, "Whenever a nation begins to kill its own children, that nation will self destruct." implode basically from within within a generation so um i mean just look around i have no doubt that what we're seeing in our streets and in our government and uh, state houses uh is the result of of what we have done since 1973 are you back rusty we can see you. We just can't hear you. All right. I think I got it right there. There you go. That's Is that better. good? That's better. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Well, as we move on here, um, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, what people will find in the book, uh, Biblical Strategies to Abolish Abortion. And then we'll, we'll get into the uh, the training course also. 
Okay, so just generally speaking, brother, when they go to the website, obviously there's a, a link where they can get a hold of the book at Amazon. And if they can get that in, um, you know, write a review, uh, that helps obviously uh, to spread the vision and mission abroad. So they can purchase the book on the, the website. Uh, you know, really recommend that we've gotten a lot of great reviews uh, concerning the book, even from uh, magistrates, not just pastors and Christian leaders, even from magistrates who are serving our government. Uh, they've been uh, greatly encouraged by the book. It's helped them um, to fight this battle God's way. And then, of course, brother, we got a, a video series. I've asked a lot of the different pastors and leaders of the abolitionist movement if they would take a chapter and do a video teaching on it and they were very gracious brother rob um these are great brothers uh in the battle you could recognize jeff durbin you know from apologia and, and end abortion now and got darren yeah, Darren Stid, he's the assistant director of Operation Save America. He's a pastor in Indiana. And uh, you see uh, Bradley Pierce there. He's our abolitionist attorney. He writes all the language of the bills throughout America. He's a great brother. You got John Speed over there. He's he's with Lure TV. Babies are murdered here. Babies are still murdered here. Of course, that brother that's looking a little wild there. Uh <laughs> When I first met him, I didn't know if he was friend or foe, <laughs> but he's actually uh, a pastor and uh, once deep in the enemy's camp and now a born again brother serving the Lord. And then, of course, you got Matt Chuella, who you know very well, Rob, the Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate and Joseph Silk right there. That was he's the first magistrate in the history of the United States of America to put forth a bill of abolition. And then there's some local pastors in Oklahoma. And of course, you know, Jason Storms. Uh, he's the national director of Operation Save America. He's, he's the one I passed the reins to. And so mm -hmm. each yep. of them, each of them took a chapter and they do a video series. We also have an audio version of the book that people can download. And then we got a study guide that, you know, small groups can use, you know, to get the training and the teaching that they need. And the book is, you know, replete with a lot of scriptural references, a lot of biblical kingdom principles, uh, a lot of historical lessons that reinforce, you know, the message. And it has a, a bunch of other helps and resources as well what i was trying to produce here rob was sort of a kind of a kingdom warehouse center you know that that christians could access to get the inspiration the courage the training the teaching that they need again to fight this battle according to god's word will and way to reject sort of the humanistic approach, you know, to ending this Holocaust. I mean, we, we do have to recognize Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He didn't say I would build, you know, the Republican Party or build the pro-life movement or even for that case, the abolitionist movement. He said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we've got to stop hiring sort of Republican and professional pro-life mercenaries to fight a battle that only we as Christians can win, brother. And that, that's why it's important um, we see this from God's perspective and get his thinking and his strategies on how to end it. Because you remember, you know, King David was a, a, a mighty man of war. He obviously fought a lot of battles. But what's interesting, if you follow David's life and all his battles, 
God gave him different strategies for different battles, you know, and um, we really haven't sought the Lord in that way, brother, and we need to. And I wanted to provide the resources for the body of Christ to do exactly that. Well, folks, I have not uh, taken the course, um, and I, I admit I have not read the, the, the newest book, but I've read previous books from Rusty, and um, I can tell you he's put together something here that is extremely valuable. All the information's there. Um, what we need to do is get the information to the people that can have an influence. Um, have you had any success in in cracking open the uh, the door of the pastors? What's What's interesting, brother? You, you know pretty much, you know, somewhat about our history, brother. We were. Uh, Let's just say in our ministry, we thought Gideon was overstaffed. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we we didn't get a whole lot of attaboys, amen, or the church banging down our door to get involved. We were pretty much considered unclean and second-class citizens in the kingdom of God, you know. And we endured that rejection for, for years, brother, years. I think what's interesting, because we stayed at it and we have faithfully warned our nation, a lot of things that we said are coming to pass, brother. And and as a result of that, it's given us, like, I guess, some credibility now, legitimacy, you know, in the body of Christ. So what's interesting, the two offices that rejected us the most in this battle, which are pastors and magistrates, uh, they are the main ones ordering the book. Is that Which right? It is, brother, and it freaks me out. <laughs> that's that's a miracle in itself. I to say that again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's mainly pastors and magistrates that are opening the book. In fact, I get testimonies, brother, like people going in to lobby their civil magistrate, and they'll find my book on their table. Hmm. Like that's that's insane. Yeah. You know, and I've had pastors or, order boxes and boxes of books for their congregation, other pastors. You know what I mean? Because I think they see it's biblical. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. hard to, you know, I guess you can kick against the goads if you want to, but it ain't healthy. Yeah. You know, and um, and so let me even give you this because it tells you a little bit maybe how the tide is turning i actually got invited brother in may to speak at a crisis pregnancy center banquet Hmm. brother that's insane like cpcs they like brother they were so against us on so many levels i mean even if we rescued babies and women from abortion mills. If we brought them to a CPC, they wouldn't help the women because we brought them there. That's hmm. how bad it was. Yeah. Like really bad. Right? Well, I remember being on the street with you in uh, Indiana, I think it was, or it might have been somewhere in Ohio. And um, they would not allow us to be even on the sidewalk in front of their building. Um, you know, they, there was one that, uh, one crisis pregnant pregnancy center in, uh, here and right next to it was the abortion facility. Yeah. And, uh, they wouldn't allow us to stand on the sidewalk in front of their building. Well, imagine Call the cops my, on you. <laughs> imagine my shock brother, where I'm getting a call from the director of the CPC and inviting me to be the keynote speaker. And I said, do you? Are you sure you got the right guy? <laughs> she goes, you wrote biblical strategies to abolish abortion? I said, yes, ma'am. Then we have the right guy. Hmm. And I'm like, brother, like I'm pinching myself. Something, something, Rob, something's happening. Uh, these are, I'm seeing some strange things in these days. And they're actually 
very encouraging, brother. They, they truly are. Do you see the dead church waking up, or um, or are are we talking remnant pastors here? Um, let's just say, brother, God knows how to make us cry, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he, he's in the process of like, can you hear me now? Kind of deal. Um, and so I do see a stirring, brother. I I do see um, even even sort of you know, Joe Sixpack, citizen of America, I think there is an awakening in the sense that, brother, a lot of the safety nets that we've had as American citizens, uh, they're kind of falling to the wayside. I think people are awakening to the fact that our government has lost its way. Instead of being a protector of our God-given rights. They are plundering those rights. They're becoming more tyrannical. Um, I think they see the insanity of the woke movement and, and uh, you know, young people not knowing the difference between a boy and a girl. I think all this stuff, it's taken its toll on the American mind, brother, and yeah. and not just the unbeliever, but pastors and the churches themselves. Now we can, we can whine, we can complain, um, or we can see it for what it is. What an incredible opportunity, brother, to step into that void and that bankruptcy and point the way to Christ, to true liberty and freedom, you know, and to see righteousness and justice restored in the gates of our land you know, to give a future and a hope for our children and our grandchildren. And uh, I think there are some pastors recognizing that, brother, and they're starting to stepping up, you know what I mean? They seem to be sort of regaining some of that prophetic voice that provides a moral conscience, you know, for our nation. We got more pastors now visiting magistrates and giving them, like, um, Pastor Matt's book, The Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrate, giving them my book, you know, and meeting with them and praying for them and showing them from the scriptures what is their duty before God, you know. And so I do see that happening, brother. Hmm. And um, that never used to be there. And I mean, you know, just, just on a purely political perspective brother do you know how shocking it is for a magistrate to be visited by a pastor in times past i mean that's unheard of and so you have of course the wicked who have all kinds of money and all (laughs) kinds of lobby groups they're the ones banging on their door they're the ones you know trying to seduce them or bribe them you know to kind of go along with their agenda. And so how rare is it when a pastor shows up and, you know, starts a relationship with them and begins to pray for them and start giving them biblical tools in understanding what is their duty as magistrates under God? Because that's the truth. I mean, when it comes to our government, the church must understand this, that Jesus is just Lord of the church. He's king of this world. He's king of the state. Um, and right now, our government is in rebellion and disobedience against their king. And we have to repent of that. And we have to uphold his commandment in the civil sphere. And obviously, one of them is thou shalt not murder. We've got to get that right. Really important. Yeah, it's uh, almost unbelievable to have a um, a pastor go and and do anything that could even remotely be considered political. So, even even teach these matters, you know, from from the pulpit would be considered political. It's so, unfortunate, brother. <clears throat> I have something caught in my throat. So I'm going to ask you one more question. I'm going to, 
I'm going to mute while I cough. Um, so how do we get this message out? What can our viewers do? Um, you mentioned the other side is, is uh, seems to have unlimited resources, um, really well-funded on the pro-death side. <laughs> what do we do on our side to combat the pro, pro-death side and get this information out? Rusty's put it all together, <clears throat> but it doesn't do any good if we don't get the information out. So what do we do, Rusty? Give us our marching orders. Well, honestly, brother, I think, um, you know, the message needs to be clear. Um, you know, I know the, the, the men that I run with in this battle, you know, we don't, consider ourselves super christians or turbo christians you know god has just broken our heart and opened our eyes to this holocaust and and um and and he's called us into this battle and so you know honestly brother the message is repent with us right repent with us and and then of course it's really important that we bring forth fruit meat for repentance and um and that's why, uh, again, why this book and this training series is so important. I think Pastor Matt put it well. He said if people would honestly study this book, it would save them years of useless efforts in trying to end this Holocaust. In other words, you would avoid a lot of rabbit holes like Alice in Wonderland kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because this book, brother, is very much streamlined to the core of what this issue is all about. And um, and again, seeing it from God's perspective, thinking God's thoughts after him. Uh, and doing things his way uh, is critically important in overcoming this evil and um, setting our preborn neighbor to live. And and it's critically important too, Rob, that we understand that when we fight for the preborn, it's not just to save their lives. See, when we fight for the preborn, brother, we're we're fighting for our own children. We're fighting for our own grandchildren. We're fighting for their future and their hope. And the way I kind of put it is this, you know, no freedom for the preborn. Well, Rob, what's what's happening to our freedoms, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no justice for the preborn. Well, what's happening to our justice system under our watch? Why why are be why are we being ruled unjustly? Right. Why is that happening? Is this a coincidence or is there something that we can connect the dots to to understand what's going on here? And here's the other thing. <clears throat> Abraham Lincoln said this, you know, he said, uh, if we don't allow freedom to others, do we deserve it ourselves? Well, do we allow life to our own sons and daughters? Do we? Well, then the question is, do we deserve it ourselves? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the, these are things, brother, we're not we're not meditating on. We're not thinking things through. <clears throat> and I, I wrote this book and provided these resources, brother, that we can think these things through. You know, get the, the Lord's mind on this, get his perspective on this, how he sees it, <clears throat> align ourselves with him stand upon that truth live out that truth and then we know brother what does truth do it sets us free hmm. and our desire is to see these preborn set free you know well you know rusty uh, there's a lot a lot of people a lot of a lot of conservatives and uh, so-called christians that um 
look at everything that's going on in the world and all the confusion and chaos and deception and and um they just kind of see the abortion issue as a non-issue well you, you know but to me it is the primary issue and um probably misquote him but flip benham said something uh, a few years ago and i believe it was a city council meeting and i believe he said the um uh, said to the mayor, the uh, the blood that is shed in the womb is the same blood that's going to be running through the streets of this town through violence and um, injustice. And, um, you know, during his three minutes that they gave him to speak at that meeting. But, um, you know, the, the talk I'm talking about. But, but yeah, it 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 does come down to the shedding of innocent blood and the blood guiltiness that America is under. That is a yeah. incredible well, burden to bear, and that's that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. I um on my blog post, brother Rob, I, I have another website called RustyThomas.org. Um, it has my podcast, you know, the audio version, and then it has a blog post. And one of my latest articles was called, you can see it right there, Satan and the Grammys. And basically, I wrote that article to help the church connect the dots between abortion, child sacrifice, and the shedding of innocent blood, and how it nourishes the demonic realm. And we're seeing overt manifestations. And so, brother, again, because the church is ignoring God's principles like root and fruit, right? That's a biblical principle. The root of something determines the fruit of something. You know, a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. And we got a real bad tree, brother. It's a bloody idolatrous tree, and it has a lot of branches. And it's nourishing the demonic realm. It's nourishing violence. It's nourishing perversion you know what i mean it's nourishing human sex trafficking it's nourishing pedophilia okay and so here's the thing the church and the conservatives we're pruning branches brother but we ain't getting to the root of Mm -hmm. our world we're not getting the axe to the root brother the, the bible says when you sacrifice your children and shed innocent blood, you're sacrificing them to demons. To demons. It nourishes the demonic realm, brother. What what do we see manifesting in this generation, brother? Our children are being devoured to the point not only their minds being debased, their bodies are being mutilated. Brother, Unfortunately, Rusty, people are so ignorant that they, they don't know any better. And uh, I think in a lot of cases, their consciences are seared um, through the indoctrination. So, but, brother, but what I'm saying to you, brother, is this you cut off the blood supply to the demonic realm, a lot of these other things that we're dealing with mm-hmm. will dry up and wither away. Yeah. But if we keep feeding the demonic realm the blood of our children, then you better expect all these other kind of manifestations to increase under our watch, brother. That's just the way it works. Yeah. Well, as Coach Dave puts it, um, innocent blood is the currency of the demonic realm. And that There you go. There you go. So, that That's it, buddy. So we ran out of time about four minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, Check this out, folks. Uh, Rusty has put it all together for you. All you have to do is go there and get it. Just go there and get it. Abolitionstrategies.com. And uh, I believe you probably be able to find links to your other sites on there as well. Or not? I'm not sure what 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 my brother Rustin put together on there. That's his deal. But... Okay. Well, otherwise, ElijahMin.com or RustyThomas.org, or Kingdom Kingdom Leadership Institute. Is that .com or .org? .org, brother. .org, okay, good. 
Rusty, thank you. Appreciate it. Enjoy your time um, uh, on the road there, and and uh, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you. So well, if you bless you, brother. Thank if you, you like getting up to uh, Wisconsin, we have something special happening here in April. So we'd love to have you come and join us too. So. All right. Well, thanks for the invite, brother. Lord bless you, Rob. You too. Next week, folks, we have a uh, surprise guest. One of uh, uh, We have a person who is not on the list um, of speakers for our conference will be joining us. And we're going we're gonna to squeeze him into the conference. We'll be speaking about uh, the pandemic of transgenderism and gender dysphoria next week. So we'll see you, see you then, Tuesday, the 28th. And until then, God bless. Goodbye.